Hi, welcome everyone to Pop Cult Axe. This week, Danny is stepping out uh, for some special reasons, but we have a special guest. Uh, we have Terry Bloss, the insider, uh, creator, writer, uh, illustrator of Reptile, uh, Hotel Dare. Uh, what are some of the other books that I've purchased off of uh, Hotel Dare, Lifetime Passes, a lot of stuff. You're very, uh, you've worked in the industry, let's let's call it that. Um, and so we wanted to talk about Black Panther. Danny has not seen Black Panther. I have, um, Terry has, so we wanted to talk about that. So um, we'll go ahead and get started. Thank you once again for joining us here. Um, you are a previous guest of ours and we enjoy having you and you sharing your opinion. So once again, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to chat about this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, first impressions, um, did it live up to the hype for you? I know that like a lot of us, I think your expectations were probably high. Yeah, I had pretty high expectations. I think that it lived up to it. Um, I guess like with all the Mesoamerican stuff, definitely lived up to it. Some parts of the story I thought we're probably like, not that I could tell. I mean, I think that Ryan Cooler is an amazing filmmaker, but I feel like some parts of the story obviously were probably had, you know, they had to be heavily altered because of the death of Chadwick Boseman. So <clears throat> I felt like there were a few moments where you're like, all right, okay, but you know, what can you do? <clears throat> um, but it did live up to the hype. I was really, really excited to go see it i made it like a whole special thing i like snuck in candy i got myself popcorn i had like great seats the one thing that i thought was really surprising to me was that i like going to the movies used to be my favorite thing to do mm -hmm. and i used to do it like twice a week and i think <clears throat> now when i go to the movies even if there's only a few people in the theater inevitably there's someone on their phone there's someone oh. talking through the whole thing there's so now it's just like not a great experience but everyone was was incredibly silent during this movie. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting to feel like comfortable in the theater again with like being able to enjoy the movie and not feel like I'm definitely one of those people that I can't go to a movie opening night with a crowd of people that are excited about it. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and so I think um, obviously these Marvel movies are, you know, they're going to be exciting. They're going to be these big spectacles. I think that has a big uh, that's a big part of you know that whole discussion regarding filmmakers who are like you know marvel movies are ruining cinema and this and that whatever and it's like no I, I think that what's happening is that it's just expensive to go to the movies now yeah and so you know people will pay a lot of money to go to a theme park mm -hmm. so if they're gonna pay a lot of money to go to a movie they want it to be this like adventure spectacle thing so a lot of I think indie, unfortunately, you know, a lot of indie movies and a lot of <clears throat> smaller budget films, I think, are relegated to streaming or, you know, people don't go see them in theaters. I think that's what's happening. So if it could somehow not cost, you know, a million dollars to go to the movies, I think that would change things quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I, but I'm, I digress. I'm getting off track. I, I really did like the movie. What did you think? Um, I loved it. Um, I think that there's a couple of things that everyone is sort of discussing. First and foremost, I think everyone was really kind of waiting with uh, bated breath about how they were to deal with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Were they going to, uh, you know, pay homage to him respectfully? And I think they did an excellent job. Um, I'm not an overly emotional person, um, but there were times when I started crying in the movie. It was just, it was very emotional for me. Um, I think that Chadwick was a really special person, a very special actor. Um, the role of Black Panther 
means so much to so many different people that uh, it was just a, it was it was something that was very sensitive. And I thought they dealt with it in a really good way. Um, how do you feel about that? Did they drop the ball? Did they honor Chadwick appropriately? No, I think they did everything they could possibly do and that it was done really well. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't think that I don't know what else they could have done. It seemed like it was it was done with so much. And the way that the cast talks about the movie and interviews and stuff seems like they were all really <clears throat> there for each other and supporting each other and trying to to make the best film they could um, because they felt that's what he would you know, want them to do. <clears throat> so, yeah, I really thought they did a great job with respecting uh, and kind of like um, remembering him and what he meant to that franchise and to the uh, different communities that he represents. So, yeah, I think so. I, I think the other thing that people were really excited about was where where does this franchise go? Do, do they recast? Are they does Black Panther disappear? Um, obviously, spoiler alert for people. Um, yeah, we're going to spoil everything. <laughs> um, sure, it becomes, you know, a form of, you know, the next Black Panther. Um, what are your thoughts about that? A female Black Panther, you know? Oh, I'm all for a female Black Panther. Let me just say, <laughs> like, I, you know, of course, I'm all for that. I think that's great. Um, anyone who is crying about it has obviously never read the comics. Mm -hmm. Obviously doesn't know that she does become <clears throat> the Black Panther in some of the comics. I I don't mind Shuri being the Black Panther. Mm -hmm. I just thought that it was done in such a strange way. Mm -hmm. um, because it's, you know, it's she, in my opinion, what happens in the film, spoilers again, everybody, everybody, <laughs> is that... Um, she becomes the Black Panther out of rage and the need for revenge. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that didn't feel super earned. Like when someone's doing it for the wrong reasons, how are you rooting for them? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think in a way that probably <laughs> mirrors uh, what's happening in the film with uh, Namor. So I think obviously there's sort of that balance of the two of them. But I, I mean, I don't think people want to hear my ideas. <laughs> we do, but, we definitely do. I mean, that's why why we brought you here because we respect your opinion. So feel free. What to I, what I, what I, so I knew. I mean, I, you know, I knew like everybody else that she would be the the next Black Panther. Right. That they didn't seem to be, you know, really hiding it that bad. Um, but what I, but I would have loved for Angela Bassett to become the next Black Panther. <laughs> I think that would have been awesome. And yeah, in the film with what happens to her, I think that happens in order to get Shuri on her path to like needing revenge and, you know, being being really um, angry. But <clears throat> it seemed to me like in the beginning when Shuri is trying to make a new version of like the heart-shaped herb or whatever, mm -hmm. and she's not able to do it to save her brother, it seemed to me like, you know, with Ramonda drowning, that that could have been a moment for her to try the heart-shaped herb again and this time shuri is able to do it and save her mom right. and then i would that would, i would have hoped that you know taking that herb it would have given uh the queen <laughs> the strength to become the black i don't know i think especially because it seems to me that when they cast a hero in the mcu and and the actor playing this hero is a woman they seem to cast like 10 to 15 years younger than a lot of the older men that are in the MCU. Yeah. And 
I, I just, I don't understand that. It's like, I, I don't know if this is true, but I, the rumor I heard was that Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica went in for the role of Captain Marvel and they told her she was too old. Well, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, she's younger than Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Are you telling me that you don't think Angela Bassett could kick ass? Like, yeah, I, I am the biggest fan of Angela Bassett. Same. I mean, from when I was a kid, my dream casting of the X Men was always oh, everyone. The Storm. Yeah, everyone. Uh, yeah. Some of the, I mean, Halle Berry, God bless her, was not my ideal vision of what Storm represents to me. Um, Angela Bassett is, I mean, I feel like it's an Academy Award deserving uh, performance in in the movie. I yeah, mean, she's really she good in it. Slays the role. I mean, just you can feel her heartbreak, her anger, her protectiveness. Um, it just uh, she just she is Queen Ramonda in the movie. I mean, she just was amazing. Um, I think that that one of the things that. I, I not that I had a problem with with sure becoming Black Panther, but the thing that I I I think might have been an issue is that Letitia Wright didn't really want to be Black Panther. That I think that it it's I've heard you know that she felt uncomfortable taking the mantle from Chadwick. That she was so heartbroken and um and I I feel like I can kind of see that in a uh, in a way um and that there was only so many things that they can do right by Chadwick. One of them following the comics and letting the sister become black Panther, but maybe as an actress and as a friend of Chadwick, maybe she didn't really feel that she could fill that role. Well, uh, it's likely not what she intended on signing up for either. Right. To be in this country, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, but I am all for strong female superheroes, uh, you know, especially people of color. So I would, I, I'm anxious to see more of her. Um, and, and I don't want to kind of jump to the end of the movie, but, uh, you know, I hope that we see more of Shuri as Black Panther before they sort of segue into the next generation of Black Panther, like give her her justice in, in that character. I mean, yeah. in that role. <clears throat> Uh, because well, especially considering this film, because I feel like we do need to see her in the role of Black Panther being a, an honorable leader versus I'm going to rip your face off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I did. There was something, though, that that as. You know, someone who is a person of color uh, that I related to both characters having um, a lot of rage. And and it being equated to to bad or evil, um, and and as you know, people of color were always told that we have to rise above the hate, we have to ri- be better, we have to. And uh, it reminds me of when I was I when school we read the Merchant of Venice, and um, the character Shylock. He were you know his his life is turned upside down by the the protagonist, and he's very much the antagonist of of the book or the play. And and he says you know I'm debounding my pound of flesh like he wants his revenge. And in my class, you know, with a bunch of white people and a white professor. Um, the discussion was very much that he's horrible, like he's evil, he's demanding mm. a literal pound of flesh. And I thought, well, hell, like he's had his daughter stolen from him. He's had his money, his career. Like I could see that rage. I could see that he wants what's what's fair. Um, but yeah. society always tells us, no, like we have we have to let go. We have to be better. Turn the other cheek. And it's it's um, so I can I can kind of see that 
the benefit of not letting that go <laughs> and and just uh, and constantly being like the professor x <laughs> style of yeah. of like forgiveness and and you know humanity can do so much better uh but well i feel like i feel like knowing that means that you can't you can't call namor a villain you know yeah, to me he wasn't a villain at all i don't i didn't feel that way either yeah like, and, and I, I guess to, to that, that's the other, you know, um, topic that people are discussing is so many people relate to to Namor that he it, it's they're saying this is his film, that this is uh, the appearance of an Iron Man of of uh, the Scarlet Witch. Like this is an iconic moment for him versus, you know, maybe Shuri and Black Panther. I agree. Like to me, he made the film. Um and I, I definitely don't see him as a villain. Um, and um, I don't know how do you how do you feel about that? That a an indigenous character is is you know defending his kingdom. You know maybe he does some wrong things. He murders the queen, but you know. Oh, do, see, do I'm not I'm not him? in that camp. I'm not in that camp <laughs> because so many people I know, so many Latinos who like I think you know should really love this representation and be excited about it like he killed the queen i'm like no he just like put a bunch of water in the throne room she willingly swam down to get riri <laughs> so like he didn't he didn't drown her she <laughs> she, she drowned uh-huh. and so like I'm, I'm not in the camp that he killed her at all <clears throat> um but i just i was just i don't know how else to say it other than like i feel like even if this hadn't been great and and it was great. It was amazing. Yeah. Even if it hadn't been great, I would have paid to go see it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like as as Latinos, we have to get our representation crumbs wherever we can. Yeah. And for a film this that's going to be this big and probably would have made all the money in the world anyway without a Latinos supporting it, I feel like the only way we can combat, you know, a film where like if this hadn't been great to get more representation would be to support it anyway and show executives that films with um, people of color make way more money than they think they do. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of discussion has been made about how Black Panther legitimately led to Crazy Rich Asians, led to um, the Woman King being greenlit. Mm -hmm. And these movies are doing well and making a lot of money. And I, I don't, how do I put this? I was emotional watching um, this character's introduction. Have it be Mesoamerican. Like, I'm, you know, I'm white passing, fine. And and I am white. My dad's white. My mom's also like 85% Native American. She's descended from Aztec Indians. I don't claim to have indigenous, like, I don't claim to be indigenous because that wasn't my experience. But I'm comfortable saying that I have indigenous indigenous ancestry. I grew up in a house where, like, my parents had figurines and statues of like Aztec warriors of Mayan artifacts. Like, you know, like, it, and I just didn't ever really think I would see in a Marvel film, a character with that kind of representation and background um, on display the way I did. Yeah. Like the, it showed them playing like the underwater playing the like Aztec game where they get the like cement ball through the big cement hoop. Yeah, and I and I like I gasped. I was so excited, um, and I just loved seeing his backstory. I loved seeing how like, <clears throat> you know, he that I think at first you you may not understand where he says like, he he tells Ramonda and Shuri he's like, what right do you have to like 
show yourself to the world this way. And it's interesting to see how kind of what he's, in a way, what he's saying is like, well, Wakanda was an isolated country. Um, Mexico was not. It became colonized by the Spanish. And, and we had to leave in order to survive. And so <clears throat> I think what he's telling them is like, you know, you, you were never colonized. You don't, you don't really know what it's like to have to survive this way. And I think that's what makes him um, not a villain. You know, he's trying to like save his people who could have been wiped out. And I right. think there's this myth. A lot of people think like, oh, the Aztec and Mayan civilizations are this ancient long gone. And there's like thousands and thousands of people who still speak Mayan, who, who are descended from these indigenous tribes and peoples. So I loved seeing this in the film. I loved that they kind of, um, not kind of, I loved that they called him Kukulkan and like that they said that he was the feathered serpent god. And, you know, for the Aztecs, that's Quetzalcoatl and, and whatnot. But I don't know. I just loved it. <laughs> I want a whole movie, like a whole movie of just of, of about him and Talokan. And, and I, I don't know, I think it'd be really cool. So like some, a big part of what I do with my writing is like, especially with like Hotel Dare is like, I want fantasy inspired by things other than Europe. Like I, I wanted a fantasy in that book that had like the drag it was very Mexican. So the dragons were like feathered serpents and the castles were pyramids and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Maya and the three does that in an amazing way on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like by default, like all of our modern fantasy that's super popular and well-known in pop culture is European in its visual language. So right. it's like Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit of uh, game of Thrones, you know, like I'll be watching one of them and my husband will be like, which one's this? They all look the same. And he's right, you know? Yeah. And so just by default, having a a civilization, a fantasy world inspired by Mesoamerican stuff, I'm just glad that people get to see how like cool and beautiful and badass like it it is and the possibilities there. Yeah. So yeah. I think for me, part of part of going into to the movie theater and sitting with people and then, you know, reading tweets or social media posts kind of like between my fingers is I was really, really nervous because I was scared of how the reaction to the Notes Huerta was going to be, how the reaction of um, an indigenous superhero was going to be. Um, and I'm so happily surprised that to me, the overwhelming um, reaction to him has been like, we fucking love it. Like people <clears throat> love him, people love Namor. Uh, there's obviously been some a small minority, I think, that have been critical of of his casting of the role. But I've been so happy that the message is now out there that, you know, one, we can have indigenous, you know, Latinos that are dark skinned, that are lusted after, that are considered attractive. Yes, 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 uh, yes. That are hot. Um, and that can be in romantic leads that can play the action lead, um, that we can have the, the, a superhero that we want the language, we want the look, we want the fantasy, um, the influence of the Mesoamerican people yeah. um, that everyone was like, yes, we want more. Like it was so cool. It was so badass. Like we love it. We love it. We love it. And the studio, I mean, hopefully from like our lips to God's ears, like, make more like we want more like obviously this is something that people are super open to and really like and love 
Um, so I, I really hope that we get to see more of him. His own film would be amazing. Um, I, I, I would just, it would make me so happy just to see. I think that it, it's, it's a phenomenon that is similar to what a lot of like Asian men face that Mexican men or indigenous and, men are like asexual. Emasculated, asexualized. Yeah. yeah. And, and we know that that's not true because we live in the real world and we know like we're getting men and women left and right. Like that's not the real case, but like to finally see it in the movies and like, be like, finally it's realistic. Like I, I, it just, it made me so happy just to see him. I think it's a really interesting discussion and to have in regards to his casting, because he's an actor who throughout Mexico Many, many people online try to disparage and make look bad because he is an actor with darker skin, with indigenous ancestry, who is very outspoken against many things. And for better, for for worse, really, Mexico is a very colorist and oftentimes racist country. I say that having lived in Mexico, many different cities and talking to many different family members and people. But there is a weird cast system in mexico that's dependent upon your skin color he said in an interview recently when you watch tv in mexico it looks like a scandinavian country yeah everybody's white because the thing that a lot of the distinction people can't make sometimes because they don't know that many (laughs) latin people is that latino is not a race it's an ethnicity Mm -hmm. and so there are black white native and mixed you know latinos of all and latinas and latinx people of all kinds and and what that really means is that they are perpetuating the idea that the lighter your skin is, the more valuable and beautiful you are to many different industries, you know, even in print media and models and whatnot. You know, I have framed on my wall somewhere, like right up here, um, Yalitza Aparicio on the cover of Vogue Mexico. It was the first time ever that a woman of indigenous ancestry in Mexico had been on the cover of Vogue. Yeah. And that's it's ridiculous. Funny that you bring her up because um, I saw, you know, some support from from Latinos saying, you know, that Denoch really deserves this. He did a great job. Unlike Yalitza, who's just lucky. She's not a oh. good actress. She just and I and I thought, wow, even with like two steps forward, like four steps back. Like, and, and it was so infuriating because. I'm a big fan of hers. Um, I, I, I just saw her on most spookies, and and she was great in that. Yes, like she's. Uh, I love her. Um, and it, it just it made me sad, but I'm like, okay, focus on the positive. Like we're not going to go there um, because we know it exists. One of the things that kind of surprises me, and, and at my old age, I have to remind myself that everyone hasn't had the same life experience that I've had. But um, this idea of of you know Latinos having being colorist um i don't know why people are so surprised by that because you can't really name anyone in the world any country that isn't like we see it with with you know thailand with asians that try to bleach their skin who want to stay out of the sun we see it with you know i mean you could name anyone and and white is is the preferred trait and so it, it is um it, it's surprising to me that people are like, did you know that Mexicans prefer lights? And it's like, well, no, yeah, no I know. Like, the whole world does like, like, where have you been looking? Uh, but it is, it is 
um, kind of a sad, I guess, realization for some. Um, I've always grown up with it. I've always known it. Like being the brown person in my family, like. Someone told me once online that I was a fake Mexican because I'm white. And I was like, have you never seen a telenovela? Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) what's, What's interesting is that you have people who who in the same breath will will say like you're white you're not mexican who will look at me and say like i'm dark and then i i i i look at like you know um other movies where they say oh all the characters are white passing and i'm like white passing to me those are afro latinos like that to me that's what afro latino always looked like was people that were like darker brown that just weren't white and mm. and um, and, and then so now it's like I feel like we're getting more realistic um, representation of Latinos from like the whitest white to like black and and that people forget that um, that whole rainbow exists, even though we talk about it with other ethnic groups or other racial yeah. groups, um, like with, with an African-American community. We have sure. someone like Halle Berry versus someone who is very dark, but we both recognize them as being part of the African-American community. Um, but there's so much like inner fighting between Latinos that it's like, you're, you're dark, you're not dark enough, you're too dark, and you're not indigenous enough. Um, and it, and it, I, I just feel like, um, I wish we could see some more unity. <laughs> I know that's so like, I th- yeah, <clears throat> I think that, um, a lot of this is, is, um, an American issue as well. So I asked Claude, like a Claudia, my, a friend of mine, who did Hotel Day with me. I was like, are people in Mexico excited about Black Panther or about, you know, Tenoch? And she was like, not really. And I was like, really? And I'm sure there are plenty of people who are. But she was like, no, Mexicans just like to tear each other down. Yeah. And I was like, that's so sad. You know, she's like, she she said, they just do it because they're jealous. You know, they think like, oh, you're not better than me. And I just find that to be so strange. Like, I want to be known as a Mexican who like helps lift other Mexicans up and builds people up and supports people. And it's, I just don't understand that. I think, first of all, any, there's a strange connotation to the lighter skinned being more valued. And what I mean by that is the, I think the implication is that if you are light skinned Latino, like, Oh, I must have more Spanish blood in me. Right. And I'm like, so then what you're saying is you value the the colonizer over the indigenous and you think the indigenous community is less than you and i don't understand i don't you know that's that's not something i'm ever going to understand someone who thinks that they because of their skin color are better than someone else um so yeah i just feel like there's that weird strange connotation that people with lighter skin have in latin america the other thing is that within latin american or mexican excuse me cinema when when Roma came out, a lot of people, I spoke to a friend of mine who's a filmmaker in Mexico, and he said that a lot of people didn't think it was that big of a deal that she was nominated, even if they weren't being mean, because the history of Mexican cinema does have indigenous representation in it, but television in Mexico doesn't. And so they were like, if she had starred in a TV show that had aired on Mexico, people would be losing their minds, you know, but because she was in a movie, they're like, oh, all right. You know, and it's, again, I still find that strange. I think she's beautiful. I think she's so talented and amazing. I don't care what anybody says, but I, I, I'm so happy that he was, and you know, Tenoch was, was not even, he didn't even audition for the movie. He was offered the role, well, you know, and I think that 
one thing I love about him is that he's challenging so many of these strange norms within Mexico. The people who don't like him there don't like him because he speaks out against homophobia and racism and colorism and femicide, which is a huge problem in Mexico. You know, he's super supportive of marginalized communities. And people, for some reason, find that challenging. Racists find that challenging, is what I'm saying. So... Yeah, I'm just really glad that, you know, it reminds me of um, a video that someone once, they were interviewing people in Japan about whether or not they cared or were excited about the Ghost in the Shell movie with Scarlett Johansson. And they were all like, oh, cool. And, the and you know, people here like lost their minds and were upset. They're like, yeah. oh, how can this be? And it's not an Asian woman and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and the difference I found is that People in Japan are used to seeing Japanese cinema. They have many heroes, many superheroes and things who are Japanese. So for them to see one of like an anime remake from America, they're like, okay, cool, whatever. But but that speaks to how big the United States is and how much representation and diversity is needed within this country in, in film and in TV. Right. And and I think that something that you said kind of resonated with me because, you know, when you said you know, possibly people in Mexico weren't as excited as, as, you know, Latinos here as a Chicano, I, I, I don't speak Spanish. So I don't, I don't get to see as much of the television or the movies um, that are produced or created in Mexico. And so I don't, I don't have all of those movies that we have representation of there. I mean, there are a few that kind of transcend, you know, the border and and get into pop culture mainstream here, but I mean, I can count on my hand, you know, how many positive, you know, roles have been given to to, uh, you know, Latinos in the United States and American movies. And I think that's why for me, it was so emotional to see a Latino in in uh, the role, you know, let especially, you know, an, uh, an indigenous dark person, but also just like I, I know there there's something that that. um I don't know. It's just so it's so great that it's not only a Latino, but someone that is so connected to their roots and to the culture that is like aspirational. I think for me is that yeah. um, that that obviously was taken away for so many of us <clears throat> and, and that it's it to see what could have been um, with, you know, his kingdom, but also um, to see the language and the beauty of of, you know, of what we had and what we have. Um, is something that's special as well. Yeah, um, it, he has a line in the movie that I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's something about Spanish being like an awful language. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. People are going to lose their shit. But like, um, I thought it was so, so, because what I tell people sometimes, you know, if it comes up every once in a while, like someone will say like, oh, well, I've been told that I'm not as Latino as someone else because I don't speak Spanish or whatever. And I'm like, the language that you speak has zero, in my opinion, to do with your ethnicity because of of the circumstances of how you grew up or how you were raised. I tell them, remember that our ancestors did not speak Spanish and they were not Catholic either. (laughs) You know? So like, I don't know what to tell you. How far back do you want to go if it's about tradition and if it's about familial honor and whatever? It's like, okay, well, go back a few more generations then. So yeah, yeah. wasn't yeah. It, I'm I'm sorry, but wasn't it so cool that whole scene with like the Spanish, um, 
like i don't know what it's called like that villa or whatever and it was like burning and he when when the kid namor like rises up into the sky i got chills it was so cool it, it was so awesome um it is for me personally due to my life experience um it's it's interesting because i was raised very catholic i went to a, a private catholic school from kindergarten through high school um i was very religious growing up uh, and so it's not easy for me to let go of that. Um, and so it, it, I don't know, it's not hurtful. It's just like, it's hard because you, you have, uh, I'm not a religious person now, um, but it's like, it's still the remnants of like that Catholic guilt. Of, it becomes uh, a cultural, I, a, a cultural thing just as much as a spiritual thing, mm -hmm. which is why it's hard to let go. Like yeah. a friend of mine, that, that same filmmaker in Mexico, he was like, oh, I'm Catholic because I'm Mexican, but I, I don't go to church. <laughs> like, okay, I understand. But it's, it's so funny because for me growing up Mormon, like Mormonism is tied heavily to my Mexican ancestry too. Mm -hmm. Because um, every, like my mom, my parents met because my dad was a Mormon missionary in Mexico, yeah. you know, and <clears throat> um, it, the Mormonism is the second largest and fastest growing religion throughout all of Latin America because they teach that the Book of Mormon was written in Central America, you know? So for me, it's hard to separate that. And my friend Chucho's like, I can't even imagine Mormonism having anything to do with Mexico. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just find it interesting. The idea of, you know, a Mayan religion or an Aztec religion, and then you compile on top of that, like Catholicism, and then you add Mormonism. It's like, okay, well, I guess we just got to believe what we want to believe. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and the thing that that is also interesting and like that I think Latinos have to deal with is that the vast majority of us aren't aren't all indigenous, that we are uh, a byproduct of colonization. And as much as we may love or hate it, we are a mixture of the colonizers with the indigenous people. And it's such a it's it's like. Um, there's those TikToks and it's like when you're like pointing at the colonizer and then it's like a mirror and it's like pointing at yourself. And and it's like that that is like a really weird mental thing to kind of tackle. Yeah. It's like, you know, your identity of like knowing the history and knowing how you became, but still trying to be proud of who you are and and have some sort of validity to your identity. Like, are you Mexican? Are you Chicano? Are you indigenous? Do you get to call yourself indigenous? Are you is your ancestry it's just it's such a um i don't know it's so complicated whereas other people get to just be black or get to be asian or i think that to be latino is like it, i don't know it's such an undefinable thing i think i think i hear a lot of similarities in the way that um the philippines mm -hmm. was colonized by the spanish for a while too yeah. so a lot of people who are filipino i think feel like they have some of those same exactly what you're talking about like you know there's spanish and then there's like tagalog and there's english and and what do i you know which one do i speak at what time and you know so yeah i just think um i just think that having this representation can in my mind can only do good for marvel because we as latinos are the largest ethnic minority group in the country with the least amount of representation but what I find interesting is that the Latinx community spends more money on movie ticket sales every weekend than any other community. Yeah, I think and, it's like twenty five percent. 
it's 25%. So it's an entire quarter of the movie going public. And they, they were, we were an entire quarter of the tickets sold for the weekend opening weekend of Thor love and thunder. And that has like, what, maybe a Latino in it. I don't know. <laughs> it's mostly Scandinavian white people. Right. So like <clears throat> it's Thor. And so it just, I just find it interesting. I think that when, when there's a movie about, let's say Mexicans, and let's say it doesn't have a huge budget or get a huge promotion. Sure, it might pass a lot of people by and a lot of people don't see it. But when Disney makes a movie like Coco, and then it makes more money in China than and, than all of every Pixar movie combined has ever made there. Yeah. You know, and then and there's nothing Chinese about it. You know, that to me tells me something. And it had a huge marketing money machine behind it. Um, same with all these Marvel movies. So I feel like so many people getting to see this culture and I, I think is good and also so many more latinos knowing about it and wanting to go support it could only i think help it make more money mm-hmm. which is a which, which is a good sign towards sure we'll do a name more movie <laughs> um so aside from the movie um i think we've got a good idea of, of how how we both have felt about yeah them. um because you are you work in the comic industry i'm curious um how do you feel about characters that are created that are Latino in, in origin versus characters that either have an iteration that be, uh, that are Latino? So let's say like a Miles Morales or um, I mean, not Latino, but um, I just had an example and it, it went out of my head. But but, you know, when they make a character have like a person of color version um would you would do, do you think that there's a difference between us getting a character that is has a history and then making it our own for, or would you like to see us have our own characters with our own origin story that is <clears throat> fully latino i think this is a really good question um <laughs> my answer is ideally i would like both right and i think how do i put this so a friend of mine steve orlando he had this great, he's a writer for Marvel and DC. He had this great um, kind of quote, this thing that we he mentioned when we were talking once, um, I was interviewing him for a thing. And he said something about how when he was at DC, he created hundreds of new characters, queer, queer characters and characters of color. And, you know, and where are they? You know, because they're new, they don't have the benefit of a long history attached to the character so unless a writer speaks up and says i want to use this character please let me use this character they're not going to get used again so like i created two mexican new mexican characters, three maybe yeah um in reptile i gave him two cousins ava's been in one comic where she's or a few comics that she shows up at strange academy julian's shown up in only one other one because uh, luciano vecchio asked i think to use him but <clears throat> having a character with a long history say like Iceman, mm-hmm. who then comes out as gay you know i hear all the time why can't they just make a new gay character well i don't think it means as much sometimes to people because of that reason right and so now it adds a new well i don't know what metaphor you want to use adds a new layer or peels a layer off like an onion <laughs> of behind <laughs> the, the curtain of this character yeah. but doesn't that make comics that you read where his his uh relationship with kitty is not going so well doesn't that like add a new kind of 
you know, level two. First time you see Iceman, he's sliding down a pole. Like, <laughs> come on. So, like, I feel like to me, I'm in, I'm in the camp of ideally both mm-hmm. because I think both is it, it offers you a chance to create more and create new characters. But I'm I'm all for like changing that up, especially because if you're someone who's like, this isn't my name or well, then go read the comics. Mm-hmm. They're not they haven't disappeared. <laughs> They're there for you. That's your version. That's fine. But didn't but aren't we like in the middle of a whole bunch of like multiverse movies? So why can't we have like a ton of different versions? Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody should be able to get something. And yeah. someone who's upset that say Namor is Mexican, um, I would just say, you know, no one wants to play with a kid who won't share their toys. So if you're like, no, he can only be white, then why do you care about that? I don't, I don't understand that, but yeah. Like, does it answer your question? <laughs> no, it does. And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, as, as a fan who like buys comics and, and, you know, I'm the, I'm the first one to like investigate every character. And if like, they're any sort of sliver of tan, I'm like, oh my God, do they validate that they're Latino? Do they say span? Like, is there anything, any little crumb that I, I can hold on to that tells me that they're a person of color, not Italian or not, you know, yeah. whatever. And, um, and so I would support an, an origin story of, you know, a new character, but I know that there are other people that like, they only have so much money to pick up a new release on Wednesday. And it's like, are you going to buy the Spider-Man or like this comic book that you don't know? And I, I do see there how there's a reason. Would, mm-hmm. There's a reason why we have a thousand Batman movies and a gajillion Spider-Man movies, right? Because people just want the, to see the, the same thing. They're familiar. They don't want to invest in something unfamiliar, original or new. Right. So that's why I think it's important to I guess if you want to say alter those characters to include more diversity, I think that is one reason why. Yeah. Um, So um, for those that may have seen our last interview with you, um, we know some of the projects that you've previously worked on. Um, I'm curious, what are you currently up to? What are you working on? So as of today, the recording of this episode, my last um, issue, my final issue of Nova Restoration is up on the Marvel Unlimited app. Um, And so it's six issues. They're very short. So you can read the whole thing in like one go. Um, But that's the story with Nova, Viv Vision and a new alien character that I created. Um, That is one of the most recent things I've written. I have written a whole entire another book that I can't talk about. (laughs) And I'm pitching two other books, but I would love to write more for um, for Marvel or DC. Um, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of doing that. And I've had really great editors working on those projects. I would love to do a children's picture book uh, featuring reptile about yeah. dinosaurs. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but I have stories for some of the original characters that I've created. You know, I would write anything they throw at me. So that's fine. There's another great Mexican superhero um, named Hummingbird that I think mm-hmm. has a really fascinating story that is ripe for like her own series. Um but yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much it. Check out um, the Nova story I wrote. Um, but yeah, I swear I'm working. I just have a few things I can't talk about. Yeah, so we <laughs> get that. Um, we we talked to uh, Maria Wolf a couple weeks ago, and and she had 
uh, a project that she's like, I've always wanted to to create it, but I can't share it. And she's like, no, I can share. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want anyone to steal your idea or like keep a secret. We can wait. We'll, uh, you know, hold with bated breath. But um, we we get that not everything is can be out in the well, world. I will say that there's a great series called Mezzo that's put out by um, Wave Blue World. And I did, and it's all Mesoamerican fantasy, you know, series. It's great. And I did variant covers for all the issues. So I would check out that series. It's really fun. It's a really good read. And then there's also an anthology that just came out recently called Young Men in Love, which is um, queer, like a queer romance. It's like a Harlequin romance anthology, but all about queer men. And um, I wrote a story in that called Living, (laughs) um, which was um, drawn, all the art was done by Bradley Clayton. So um, those are two other things you could check out, I guess. Um, And you'd be looking at um, and discovering the art and stories of a lot of other people. Um, Reptiles available in um, a full trade now that you can get. So that's some other stuff that um, I guess you could pick up. Excellent. I definitely will. Um, There, one thing that, that reminded me of going back to Black Panther is how did you feel about the way they handled Okoye's lesbian relationship with the other member of oh the- it's okay. it, it's not a, I, so it wasn't a koye it's the other dora malaje that's always hanging out with her i don't remember her name i think she's played by florence kasumba and at the end of the at the end of the um yeah. movie she just kind of like kisses her forehead and is like my love i could have sworn it right? was the main the, the no general because character. no it's the it's another here, I'm going to look it up now. <laughs> um, I think her name is... Yeah, Florence Kasumba. She was also in um, in the TV show. Which one? Was it Hawkeye? Um, she was in Civil War. She was in Black, you know, Black Panther, obviously. Um, A-I-O. A-Y-O. That's her character's name. Okay. Yeah, and she's... Um, well, so that tells you everything right there is that she has, I love Michaela Cole. I was very excited for her to be in this movie. I loved chewing gum. I love, you know, I like everything she does. Um, and so I was really, really excited to see her in this movie. And she said it was important for her to play this character because that character is queer, but it's also tacked on at the end in a scene that is already being removed so they can release the movie in like Kuwait or something, you know, like, um, <clears throat> which is just gross to me, but um she had much more of a relationship with okoye in the movie than she did with the person she was supposed to be with well maybe and i think that maybe that's why i thought that was the relationship right. there um and that i misconstrued <laughs> but um i you know i had heard that that they were going to introduce a relationship and i think that it's in the comics as well um that and yeah it is um, and and i was disappointed just like you know the gay character in the eternals where this big you know brouhaha over this kiss that was same-sex kiss that was shared and it was like a split second or you know the kiss in buzz lightyear um it's like the smallest like little thing uh and yet there's still such a big controversy over it Um, but i i am still waiting for you know that's the other part of my i guess the communities that i belong to is like i'm still waiting for like a really cool queer superhero to come out you know i think with the casting of joe Locke from heartstopper and agatha coven of chaos or whatever i think that's what her show's called um people are suspecting he's playing wiccan Mm -hmm. and i think people wiccan fans 
will riot if that character is not portrayed as openly queer the whole time. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying that Agatha it's it's gonna be like the gayest Marvel show ever, and I'm here for it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and it's got um Emma Caulfield again, who was in WandaVision, she was Anya on Buffy. Um and it's gonna have like Aubrey Plaza in it and um now Joe Locke. So I'm I'm excited. I think that Wiccan and Hulkling might get introduced in this series. And then they I think they would have the full roster of like the Young Avengers. But yeah, I'm waiting for it to be how badass if like Ayo and um Aneka would would have been shown fighting Talokanil together, you know, then then it's a, and they have a, some sort of line where she says my love at that point, that wouldn't be so easy to cut out, you know? Right. Yeah. So I wasn't aware that they were cutting it out. That's really disappointing. I, I mean, that's what I read today online. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I mean, you can see how easily it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Out. It was, it was the fastest little like nothing that I was just so disappointed. I was like, what? There it went. You know, it makes me really, even so, it makes me happy that um, Michaela Cole wanted to do the role because she said that, that the reason she agreed to it was because the character is queer, because, um, she, you know, her family is from Ghana and it was going to be shown there. And she wanted she wanted people in Ghana to see a queer character um, because there's still so many laws there against homosexuality. Um, so, and, you know, she Michaela Cole was my like favorite guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race UK. <laughs> so I love that she's so supportive of the queer community. And I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah, I, I almost feel bad for for actors that want want to represent, you know, their community. And then the the studio or the filmmakers, you know, cut it short. And I, I feel that hurt for them. Like, I think of the actress that played Psylocke. Um, and how they kind of did her dirty as well. Like as an Asian woman, like she was like, oh, I get to be this badass. Like, you know, she did all this sword training and then you watch the film and you're like, oh, what happened? Like, and and I, I feel like, God, I could just feel the disappointment for them. Like here they yeah. get, to, they, they love the character. It speaks to them. It represents, you know, something really powerful for them. And then they see the edited film and they're like, ugh. I tried. I well, tried. I think that's because you've got potentially directors, editors, other people working on the film who don't understand the importance of what some of that person's performance could mean to people. Right. You know, because they have the the privilege of being like, you know, coming at it from a white perspective where they're like, oh, well, they're just fighting. They're just whatever. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I love the movie. I want to see it again. I would I would I would think it'd be really cool. Not that I know anything. Um, if a Namor movie focused on basically a stretched out version of what we saw about his history, imagine like a whole civilization of underwater Talokans like wailing against Spanish conquistadors, <laughs> like boats are coming in and then whales are just knocking them over. <laughs> They'd be awesome. <laughs> so that was probably one of my favorite little tiny scenes is like when the orca is like goes by really quick. Orcas are my favorite animal like of all time and some of my friends are like oh they're evil because they're they're so mean and i'm like but they're so smart they're and just they're animals like, yeah and they're well they they have a smidge of like when they like throw seals and like they're playing with them and they're like yeah. they're, they're torturing them and that they're kind of like it's fun for them so there's like a little bit of like evil in them but 
they're just so like amazing. I don't know. That was like I. It was like <clears throat> so many things coming together, like an indigenous superhero riding an orca. Well, I was just like, what the Have fuck? Have you seen? I'm not like a huge fan of Funko, but the pops, like they're cute and all. But like, have you seen the one of Namor riding the orca? I did. I and I I have to get it. And there's another one. I think that they're it's in pre-order of him in like the full like yeah battle suit. And I'm like fuck, I hate pops. Like I mean, obviously, I'm not afraid of buying toys, but like pops are just like I know they're they're, they're a quick money yeah. grab. And, and it's like, and it's so like nostalgia and your emotions for like what you grew up on, but it works. Like I, I see them, like I have um, all the like uh, Lucha Libre versions of superheroes that they came out with. Yeah. I've got like a bunch of the drag race ones because I'm like, well, who else is making drag race figurines? Yeah. And so, I, 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 honestly, I feel, and you, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like I feel this huge responsibility as a consumer for everything that they release. I have to show up and buy like, um, during, uh, you know, Latino Hispanic Heritage Month, when DC put out, you know, those horrible covers and and there was, they fixed one of them and all of that stuff. And I was like, well, even if they, they put out the one with like a taco, I have to buy it because I have to show DC that even though it's a stupid cover, I, I'm still want to buy it. I still want, you know, the Mexican Green Lantern on a cover. Um, and they you know they fixed it but that's what we were saying about the movie right is it like even if it was bad we have to support it so that we get more yeah you know it's it's t- tough to think that way but we 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 have to <laughs> yeah i i don't want to get you in trouble but uh because this is your your work or whatever but one of the things when that happened i i was just thinking how did dc like who came up with the idea that like food would be the common theme and then to be done in like they had hot girl working as a restaurant carrying like food and like that that would be like the best way to show hot girl being latina like i was just like it was so awkward like so well let me preface this with i don't i i have no clue because i i've only ever written one thing for dc right i'm not like I'm not like on staff there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the answer is, I don't know, but <clears throat> I, I, this is an interesting conversation to, to have. I keep saying that, but it's true uh, because <clears throat> some of those covers, I think this might be controversial. I think one or two of them were fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Like big deal. Who doesn't love tacos? <laughs> we all love tacos. Right. However, when all of them are about food, then that's not good. You know, if they had kept the one with like the Mexican flag mm-hmm. and if they had done one where like, say, Blue Beetles costume, they had like a, a Day of the Dead variation of it or something like all decorated with the mask that would I'm trying to draw that still right now. I think that would be badass. And then you have one where someone's like eating tacos. Great. Maybe that's not the best one. But I think that because there wasn't a variety of things there that's why that happened the message that's being sent is oh latino means food and that's all we know about latino culture okay (laughs) great um you know the what about um a puerto rican character put them on the cover of the the comic and have them at the puerto rican pride parade Mm -hmm. like it's i don't understand why here in like what 10 seconds i feel like i'm able to come up with some ideas that may not be usable but at least it's a jumping off point where people can brainstorm and go yeah what if we go in this direction and this one could be like this i i would want to know 
how many people of color or Latinos were involved in the editorial process of these covers. I'm not saying none, especially yeah. because I have a friend who is uh, Mexican, like me, Mexican-American, and <clears throat> they feel like so much of their cultural identity being Mexican is tied to food. So they were like, you know, I feel really weird about these covers because everybody's hating them. And I feel like, you know, for me, some of them are fine. And I, I tried to reassure my friend, like, yeah, I feel that way too. Some of them are okay. Some of them probably should be different though. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I so. agree. I just, I think that they were goofy and awkward, like Jessica Cruz, like, kicking a bunch of people's ass and then like a weird, I don't even know what it was like a burrito taco. I, yeah. I didn't even, like, I didn't either. Yeah. And, and you know, because there, I mean, there's covers of like Spider-Man eating a slice of pizza, like Deadpool, chimichangas. Like I get that, like bringing in a little bit of levity, but there's these incredibly talented creative people. And that's what you came up with. It was like an afterthought. It was like, well, we could do a really cool cover, but how do we show that he's Mexican or how do we show that she's Puerto Rican and them just being like, I don't know, like what. So that's, that's what I did with, uh, tried to do with reptile was in the very first issue. I was like, well, this comic is for Mexicans. Sorry about it. So I have that him and his cousins go to eat tacos. Right. So on the surface, if that's all you do, then you're like, Oh, okay, come on. That's what you do with these Mexican characters. But he's with his cousin who's gay and he's buying fabric in Santee Alley. It shows Mexican businesses. It shows taco trucks and other kinds of food trucks. You know, it shows a, the fashion district, which is um, in Los Angeles, which is very Mexican. So I wanted to be able to show an, these places and also have these characters who I was hoping would be well-rounded. Like Ava is very smart and talks about how she like um, is a runner and likes to jog and, and all you know, all this other stuff amidst them getting tacos you know i think if if beto's main personality trait is i like to eat tacos and i hadn't included stuff like he's wearing a selena t-shirt and he um he's he says that he loves anime <laughs> you know i just want him to feel like a real kid right and i think in doing that you get a real kid who you can then get behind because um they feel relatable and it's just a perk that he's mexican yeah if that and makes it, any it sense. felt authentic you know reading it yeah. felt authentic it didn't feel you know like and even the the you know peppering in like the the drag race you know uh, <laughs> reference it, it it didn't feel like uh you know it was like oh this character's gay like it was like it was like a cool inside like if you know you know kind of a thing so and, i have a weird feeling about about that because in the first in the first issue it, it, he does just have like you know he likes to make clothes and there's a poster of a male pop star on his wall and a frida poster and we're talking about julian here mm -hmm. and he does make a drag race reference so yeah you like do you have to say he's gay you just get it right? right um the funny thing about the drag race thing is that i wrote that in the script and my editor didn't push back or anything but um we were talking about it and i was like look Jubilee has mentioned that her favorite thing to do is curl up and watch Drag Race. Iceman has mentioned that he was a guest judge on Drag Race. Drag Race exists in Marvel. <laughs> so I'm putting it in there. And she was like, okay. But uh, it was a really interesting sort of lesson to learn because um, it made me very empathetic towards other writers. 
because I didn't fully realize, I mean, I knew, but I just wasn't thinking about it, that I was writing characters and creating characters who were part of a system that where other people were going to write them in the future who are not me. And I would not have any say in what happens to them unless I'm the one writing it. Right. That was a little difficult to like, to feel, but in the second issue, I believe maybe the third Julian's talking to his cousin and tells him uh, a story about when he came out and he's, he, and my editor, she said, do you want him to say when I came out as gay? And I was like, well, don't you think people get it? They, they know it. And she was like, sure. But if you don't establish that outright right now, then some other author down the line could be like, oh, well, he, when he came out as trans or when he came out as bi or when he came. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. If I do want that to be an integral part of his character, I might have to say it outright here. And what does that do for someone who was like, oh, I love that they didn't ever have to say it, you know? So it was a weird sort of balance that I had to be like, oh, okay, I guess I will. So I can establish that. So, yeah, I don't know. But hey, I added a gay Marvel Mexican <laughs> to, the, to the mix. Yeah. And I, I think that that it is kind of weird that there's part of people that are, you know, disenfranchised, you know, whether it be... Um, you know, Mexican, gay, what have you, that they want to be seen as just like the regular people. Like, I don't want to have to be seen eating a taco or I don't want to be seen, you know, listening to Spanish music. But at the same time, there's like the kid that I was that was like looking for that validation that if you didn't put that in there, it's so ambiguous that you're like, wait, are they, aren't they? Am I ever going to find out if they're like me, if they are gay, if they are Latino? Like, so you do have to like, hammer it out and say like yes this character is this and and it is very important because there are little kids that are like waiting for that validation yeah imagine watching say by the bell in the 90s and being like is ac slater mexican (laughs) they never say (laughs) they do in the college years finally but um but yeah you gotta either that's what that's that's what started this whole conversation wasn't it was i was like hey we have to take our representation crumbs (laughs) wherever we got them yeah yeah well not uh, that black panther was a crumb it was a very big full meal (laughs) yeah it it definitely was um i feel like there's a line in there about the nochuerta being a full meal but i'm not funny enough to or clever enough to come up with it did you see okay well okay i'll i'll be dirty and 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 end it this way did you see if you haven't seen it go to my go to my Twitter. And earlier today, I retweeted someone who posted a production photo of a still of, you know, the the photo that's going of Namor where he's like standing on like that beach and there's other Talokans like jumping into the water and he's like kind of looking away. So he's standing to the side and it's the picture like that of where they, how they filmed it. And then it's the final film product next to it. And the tweet that someone posted was, Imagine being the person whose job it is at Marvel to CGI out all the dongs. And when you look at it, you can see that, yeah, someone smoothed out Namor's crotch. Oh, wow. And it's like, what have we gotten to the point where even just the insinuation that a man might have, you know, something under his underwear is too offensive? Like, really? 
Yeah. I, I mean, uh, a, a, a straight white man can only handle so much like Wakandans, Talukans, Tenoch Huerta, like their head would have exploded if then, you know, the hint of a brown penis would have been there. It just would have. Yeah. It would have exploded. Um, but yeah, I, I need more set pictures. I feel like there's not enough. Like I've been scouring the internet for like a wallpaper on my phone and there's some good you ones. Saw, you've, you've seen the one of him like laying down on the couch, right? Like with his feet up. I have it. The the, be- the best shot that I've seen so far is him like, uh, you know, from my preference, him like looking to the side in the water with like his spear. That's like so far my favorite picture of him. Uh, but I need, I need more. I want to see more. No, send, send, send me, send me a, a DM. <laughs> I think a book needs yeah. to be released of all the behind the scenes of. Uh, well, speaking of, are they going to do an art of Wakanda Forever book? Because I think they do them for the Marvel movies, and I would totally buy that to see all of the concept character art and stuff for Talokan. I, I loved how they did. Um, I, I think it, in the film it's Namora, not Namorita, but um, yeah. her look. And then um, Atuma, they were yeah. both amazing. Looking. So cool! Like, yeah. Can we just before we, you know, go? Can can we just shout out to Mabel Cadena because I love her. She was in a film on Netflix called El Baile de los Cuarenta Uno, the Dance of the Forty One, which is a true historical account in Mexico City in the early 1900s of 41 men who were arrested at a house party for wearing drag, and she plays the wife of of um this the the she plays the son the sorry the daughter of the president of mexico whose husband was at this party right and it was amazing to see her in this role because she is an indigenous woman and the president had a child with an indigenous woman and for her audition tape for black panther mabel cadena sent in a video of her reading a poem in nahuatl and then a video of her writing a horse with no saddle, no bridle, through a river. And Ryan Coogler was like, I think we found her. I think we're good. I think we got her. <laughs> and then not only did she have to um, learn Mayan for this movie, but she also didn't speak any English. So she had to learn English. Wow. And she had to, um, you know, learn all the swimming and learn how to hold her breath for like six minutes. So yes. that's a lot to do for a role for a film. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it's I like, saw that like her interview where she said that she beat everyone that she could hold her breath yeah. for six minutes. But I, I but like, not, hell? I can't think of many film roles. No, I'm sure there are some. I can't think of many film roles where someone had to learn two languages just to play the role. Can you imagine? Uh, I, she's <laughs> she's amazing. She's yeah, gorgeous. incredible. I, I love I love the way that they designed her character. It's yeah. Perfect. It just is so good. I love her. Did you notice, like, some? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm interrupted you. No, no, no. I, I, I just am, you know, fanboying over her. She's amazing. <clears throat> um, as I say, did you notice? Because some people didn't that when the Talokanils are underwater, they're not blue. Right. Yeah, I did notice that. I loved that so much because, because yeah. I also think like, well, that's cool. They get to show, you know, a a darker skin color to, to to have that representation for Latinos in there as well. You know, if they'd all been blue, I think we would have fallen into the trap of like, okay, so, you know, like, like, uh, 
Zoe Saldana is a Latina, but she's playing a green alien, you know, like stuff like that. So I'm glad that they got to show their their skin color as well um, underwater. And I think that that was was purposeful. And I'm so thankful for that because just like I was going to bring up Zoe Saldana that that, you know, it's like, oh, Latina, but she's green like (laughs) Uh, Hayek, but she's playing uh, like a god. She's not playing a Mexican. Right. Yeah. Same with uh, um, America Chavez. Like she's speaking Spanish, but she's from like the utopian parallel. There's no like Mexico there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not that I know of. So I, I was just glad that this character in Namor was able to say, I am from Mesoamerica. And we had to leave. Yeah. Well, and that I I'm a I collect all like all the America Chavez comics and one of the, that was one of the things that I feel like I, we were a little bit shortchanged, like not to kind of expand you know to to lengthen our <clears throat> conversation, but where it's like oh yeah she's Latina but she's an alien, but like her, like it was just like no, like I want someone that this is from you know Arizona that is Mexican American that is not like. Yeah from an alternate universe, not, you know, whatever, like, just let them be Mexican American period. Like that's it. A uh, um, uh, reptile Disney plus series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for That'd it. Be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, hopefully I think uh, America's character in the MCU will evolve and, and get bigger. I think it's definitely a symptom of like, do you remember when Wanda first made her appearance and people are like, that's not the Scarlet witch. Who is this Avril Lavigne looking you know like walking around but and now you know she's had a place to progress to and now she's full-on scarlet witch so i would hope that like a lot of these characters progress to the to the point where um you know they are kind of more of a um version sort of representation representing the comics i guess um but i guess it takes a while to get there so yeah well, here's hoping, and and yeah. I, I hope that you know more opportunity comes your way that you can continue uh, your success in bringing us fans. Um, so my Italian greyhounds like trying to turn my laptop off. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm like I'm trying to give someone a compliment. You're going to ruin it anyway. Um, oh, <laughs> she's very opulent. Uh, that's a Paris yeah. is burning uh, inside joke. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I saying anyway, that you get more opportunity to bring us great characters, representation. Uh, I love your work. I, I've told you this before. Um, please, everyone go and support Terry. Um, it's very important that we, you know, help um, let the big companies, independent publishers, Marvel, DC, whoever know that we want stories from Latino creators, um, that we use that money that we readily spend on Thor on stories about us um so um please go and support and buy all his stuff um and once again thank you for joining us on pop cult x it's always a pleasure talking to you um having that insider knowledge that you have um and also as just a a pop culture i think geek as well um so thank you once again yeah thank you so much for having me thanks yeah thank you